Here's a call comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light. Hello, welcome to the Send the Light podcast. I'm Matt Tyson. I'm Mike Bolton. And we're glad that you're tuning in with us today. Our hope and our prayer here on the show is that we're able to help bring relevant, important Bible topics to your attention and explore what the Bible has to say regarding those topics. If you're listening or watching and you live with us here in the Waterloo or Cedar Falls or surrounding areas, we'd love to have you visit with us. We meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. You'll find us there Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have free resources that we can send you that we want to send you. We've got Bible study courses by mail. We've got tracks and articles. We've got electronic resources that we can point you to. And, and we love to study the Bible with folks in person, too. So please feel free to reach out to us on our website at www.cedarterracecoc.com. You can find our Facebook page or YouTube pages with the handle at Cedar Terrace COC or the email address and phone number listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. Special announcement. What we got going on next week? Next week, gospel meeting with Brother Kevin Presley. Wednesday through Sunday, 7 o'clock, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday? 4 o'clock. 4, Four o'clock Saturday. If you, come, if you come Saturday at 7, you might make it in time for maybe the meal or something. <laughs> Depends on how long Brother Kevin goes. Uh, and then, of course, 10.30 and what time? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Yes. We would love to see you. Yeah. Uh, we hope to have uh, good crowds for Brother Kevin to preach to and to encourage and exhort. He is a wonderful preacher and expositor of God's word. Yes. Singing is going to be great. Yes, uh, we really enjoy our, our, our singing. Um, it's encouraging. Um, and, and yeah, just please, please make your plans to attend. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. So we've got a little bit of a different type of episode planned today. Right. Uh, it's been about a month since we've gotten together to record and, uh, Brother Michael's been, and Brother Michael and his wife, April, been over in Asia uh, doing the Lord's work over there. If you've seen a couple of the recent podcast episodes, you you will have known that. Um, so today, I kind of want to share and, and ask you a little bit about your trip. Sounds good. Um, you know, obviously, we've been talking here and there through your trip. It's a 12-hour time difference. And when you go to bed as early as Brother Michael does, it, you know, it doesn't leave for very much time for... Wow, connection, but <laughs> had to throw a jab in if there. You don't sleep in till noon. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're gonna hopefully, Lord willing, talk a little bit about that today, and and uh, I'm I'm interested in hearing it. I hope our our listeners are interested in in hearing about it as well. I am super excited about the work in Asia, uh, whatever country we might might be talking about, but. Um, I've been a part of the work there for some time, and, and it is thrilling to see how uh, the gospel is going forward there. That's fantastic. And I've not talked to very many of the brethren over there. I've gotten to know Wani pretty well over the last, uh, I think, five, four or five years. He's been involved in translating some of the Let the Bible Speak stuff. So I, that's how I got to know him. And then, you know, visiting your, with him on your studies weekly and such seems like a very genuine genuine guy he is very excited very funny <laughs> yes they love to joke and play and wani is a big cut up until you start talking about scripture yeah 
and then he's dead serious. I love that about him. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, got some, got a good cup of Joe here. Thanks to my brother Michael, brought some coffee back from Cambodia. He's got some in his cup too. It's just my cup looks a little bit better. I, I won't make a plug for the company there, Rich. <laughs> so anyway, so we're excited to to hear about hear about your efforts there. Uh, why don't we go ahead and open up with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sit down together and talk again together about your word and the work of your kingdom in this world today. We pray, Lord, that the things that we say will be interesting and edifying to the body of Christ. It's our desire with the things that we say here to encourage people to support the work and to be involved in the work and to pray uh, fervently for the work uh, here locally and abroad as well. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us in all things to uh, be faithful to your word and to be strong in the power and the might of the Lord. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we certainly uh, missed you in April while you were gone. I missed y'all too. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you. Cambodia is like a second home to me. Yeah. It's it's really, Yeah. Well, you just told our listeners the country that we're talking about now. So right. We're talking about Cambodia. That's where where y'all had traveled to. Um, so tell us a little bit, you know, before before I started talking to Wani, I'd never heard about the country of Cambodia. Um, my daughter probably did. She's much more geographically aware than, than I am. My my six-year-old knows more about the globe than I do. Wow. Uh, she, she just loves, she's got maps in there and just loves loves geography but I love it so how did where did where did this work in in cambodia where did it start so i've been i i'm comfortable saying i've been intimately involved in the work in cambodia for uh about 10 years so in 2012 uh a couple of brethren and their wives uh went to well a couple of brethren went to cambodia to explore evangelistic opportunities because we had heard of some leads and some contacts there that were interested in studying. And from that time, they, they converted someone. And when they got home, they were, they were school teachers. When they got home, they realized we can't go right now. We have to at least finish the second semester. So the church in Denton County, it's Valley Park now in Texas, uh, called me and said, uh, would you be willing to go? And I was, I've always been interested in foreign work and in traveling uh, for the kingdom. So I agreed to go. And, and I think it was April of 2013 was my first time to ever leave the United States. And I traveled alone to Cambodia. <laughs> so it was a vast learning experience all the way around for me. I bet. And you hadn't met anybody over there. I had not. In fact, there was a brother uh, in the Seattle area who was going as the translator. He was a native Khmer, that's uh, a Cambodian, and another brother whom I had not met either. I didn't know what anybody looked like, so it was. Uh, Did they hold a sign at the airport, Michael Bolton? Um, I think they did, but I'm, I, my memory's a little fuzzy on that. Gotcha. So you, you're talking about brethren over in Cambodia, and I, I had mentioned Brother Wani. You interviewed with Brother Wani last week. Uh, tell us a little bit about him. 
So Wani obeyed the gospel, I think it was in 2014. If you watch the previous episode, you'll you'll hear the date for sure. Um, and his wife obeyed the gospel with him, Sopiak. Um, Wani was a denominational believer. He came to the truth. He is fervent for the truth and is strong uh, advocate for the truth now. But he came from a place of confusion and not a whole lot of truth or, or knowledge. He's grown a lot. I'll stop there for now. <laughs> well, so I've heard bits and pieces of his story. Uh, I'm sure there are holes in in what I know of him. Um, he is a full-time evangelist yeah, now, yeah. and we're thankful for that. He was not always a full-time evangelist. He right. used to work for a hotel, restaurant in a hotel. That's right. He was a manager in a rather upscale hotel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he knows how to provide hospitality, and his English is near impeccable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been a, a great benefit to the work. How did um, the the two brethren that went over there initially, I think it was uh, Jonathan Edwards and Bradley Ballard, that's right. correct? They were staying at that hotel, they weren't were, they, that's right. initially? They had moved... Um, this was after my trip in 2013. They moved during the summer. They moved there and were staying there while they were looking for a home to to obviously rent, not to to buy, um, and trying to find a translator. And it was, you know, I think Bradley is the one that realized the talent that that Wani has, and he started talking to him and set him up to talk to Jonathan, and they made him an offer uh, to work as their translator. And it was, Wani will tell you that that was an answer to his prayer because he wanted to serve God, Mm -hmm. even at that place of belief, but not having a full knowledge of the truth. Mm -hmm. That's, that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. And you can see that, you know, in his heart today, you know, just, yeah, very zealous and excited to work for the Lord. And sacrificial. Uh, Wani is one of the most talented people I have ever met. Um, he can do anything, and he has turned down offers to make large amounts of money um, and to have a very secure and bright future as far as the world is concerned in several different areas so that he can serve the kingdom mm. of God. Amen. So he started translating Right. For Jonathan and Bradley. And then I assume through that effort, he was also being taught. Of course. You know, <laughs> kind of obviously, yeah. Was there much studying that took place between Jonathan and Bradley and Wani, or was a lot of what he received just from the translating? Does that make sense? It does. I understand the question, but I don't know the answer. Gotcha. I'll just be honest. I. I don't know how much studying went on uh, in addition. I know that at that point in time in the work, uh, there was a lot of traveling from Phnom Penh out to the villages, which is sometimes involved five or six hours one way. Mm. So there would be lots of mm-hmm. road time to to talk and to talk about sure. the scriptures, That's to awesome. prepare for the lessons that they're going to give at at the you know in the village or 
things like that as well. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. So that's a little bit about the history of Cambodia and the history of Wani. So Wani and his wife converted. And I assume it wasn't very long after that when he started being an evangelist full time. Again, I'm not sure. I know that when Jonathan and Bradley were preparing to move home, they were concerned because they didn't know um, how strong Wani was. But he was the only thing that was there. And it was time for them to move home for their family's sake. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they left the work in Wani's hands, and God has blessed the work through his servant there. That's awesome. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about this trip specifically. Right. So so ever since Wani converted and there was a, a viable work established there, a preacher from here often goes over there and, and continues to work with them and teach them right. and um, that kind of thing. And, and from your first trip over there, I assume that's kind of how it just kind of continued so the couple that was converted that caused us to cause the brethren in Valley Park now to send Jonathan and Bradley there to live, um, they are no longer faithful. In fact, they won't have anything to do with mm-hmm. us. And um, most of the converts that were converted in those early efforts are no longer faithful. Um, but through the work that has continued, there have been other converts which because there's a man on the ground that's native and speaks the language, understands the customs, as well as understanding the truth of the scriptures, uh, he's able to teach them and discipline, disciple them. That's the word, disciple. Uh, so there's some strong, small, but strong congregations there. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you went over there, it was about three weeks ago, wasn't it? Maybe yeah. closer to four, three or four when, weeks ago. When we first went. Um, we just got back day before yesterday. Yeah, so. yeah. late night last night and jet lag and uh, April sick. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Um, how do you how do you prepare to go over to Cambodia? Um, I don't know what other preachers do when they make foreign trips, but my preparation is generally along this line. I will ask the leaders that I'm going to be working with what they feel like needs to be taught, and I will either write lessons or uh, merge lessons together, something like that, in preparation for that, and then we'll go and do that work. This time was a little bit different. Um, I knew I wanted to not stay in the city and bring people to us. I wanted to spend the time going out to them which means sometimes there's 10 to 12 hours on the road one way. Um, and that, that kills a lot of time, but it also gives us time to spend together, Wani and Sopiak, myself and April, and uh, their children. Um, but in going out to the villages and going out to people's homes and seeing them, you know, spending time with them where they are, it in enhances our relationship in, in a unique way. Um, so I prepared some pretty basic lessons along the line of fellowship and along the lines of uh, Bible interpretation and things like that. 
uh, I knew I know that they've had lessons like this before, so it wasn't going to be something new, but it was going to be reinforcing what has been taught. Sure. So I feel like the work was a success as far as that's concerned. And I guess that kind of ties into my next question is how do you how do you determine and what were your objectives for your trip over there? Well, like like I said, this time my plan and, and intention was to go to where they the people live, spend time with them in their uh, setting, you know, in in their place, and get to know them on a on a first name basis, mm-hmm. so to speak. And this gave me the opportunity to see how they live their life, and I'm talking about more along the spiritual side than I am about their customs. Their customs, of course, are a little bit different than ours, and and that makes it interesting. Sometimes it makes it a little hard. But what my goal was to strengthen them spiritually and to show them, uh, to show people in Cambodia that it doesn't matter who we are or what our situation is. We can still be faithful. We can be faithful to God. Mm-hmm. To that end, we were able to visit several denominational churches and preach some good basic gospel and Bible lessons. Uh, some of them were receptive and warm and inviting us back, and others were like, thank you for coming, don't come back. <laughs> I mean, that's just almost verbatim what yeah. one person said in, in particular. Mm. Uh, they were very hospitable. But at the same time, we're clearly indicated we're not interested in hearing what you've got to say. Yeah. So you spent a lot of time over there with brethren, brothers yes. and sisters. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about what, who are some of the brethren over there, and what was your, what were your visits like with them? At this point, our work, my work, in Cambodia is almost exclusively with brethren, equipping them encouraging them discipling them to trying to yes to do the work um which they're doing and they're doing a, a wonderful job of it um we spent the time with them in their homes i forgot your question <laughs> just tell us a little bit about the brethren over there brothers and sisters okay. of course brother wani is you know he's about 10 15 minutes from the airport which is very convenient. Mm-hmm. And he has a, a nice home um, that we were able to, that we stay in, so we don't have the expense of a hotel. Brother Chob from the southern village of Kampot, which is on the shore of the Sea of uh, the Gulf of Thailand, uh, was, had come up to go with us to the northern part of Cambodia, to the village of Bolkham. And we were able to spend time with him as well. Brother Chob does not speak English. He's trying to pick up a few words. But interestingly, I found out that he is fluent in Thai. Hmm. Uh, and he and Wani can travel into Thailand or Vietnam or Laos or pretty much any Asian mm-hmm. country without a visa. They, you know, they have their passports and their passports are valid. So sure. when there's leads... They just go. These guys are, are capable and ready to go. That's fantastic. Um, Brother Chubb is a little bit older than I am. Um, I forgot his age. 
I, I learned it, but I forgot it already. Um, and he, he has a farm where he grows fruit and uh, things, you know, fruit, several fruit trees on his farm. So he is not wealthy by any means, but he's independent. Mm -hmm. He is not supported by the congregations here at home um, and, and would turn down support. He says he trusts God and he doesn't want to become a burden or to become dependent on man. He wants to keep mm -hmm. that freedom of being able to trust God and trust God alone. The village in Bolcom is a fairly new congregation. Um, it may be the largest congregation in Cambodia, maybe 25 people. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these people were converted out of spiritism where they worshiped their ancestors. So that's neither Buddhism nor Hinduism. Um, and they're led by uh, Brother Chin and his father who grow cashew cashew fruits and harvest the nuts you know uh, most people like cashew nuts and oh yeah they they that's what they they make their livelihood out of again uh, they're not really supported directly by or not at all by any American churches that I'm aware of and uh, these people are very we would call them very poor I don't know if that's how they think of themselves mm -hmm. but when we were there we stayed uh, in the in the building that they built for for the church, which is open air, um, I'm, there's walls and a roof, but there's windows on three sides. It's it's only like half of a wall, mm -hmm. and we would hang our hammocks at night and, and sleep in the hammocks in that in that building. Uh, we bathed in the river. We ate the food that was cooked on the open fire and. Uh, it was almost like we were camping, yeah. Uh, but not a lark by any means because we were busy trying to work with the brethren and have studies individually and and get to know them, you know, face to face and and on a first name basis. Mm -hmm. In that respect, I would say that the goal was accomplished. I believe that the brethren were encouraged. Uh, everybody begged us to come back some begged us not to leave uh but they you must have not been with them very long <laughs> <laughs> they were encouraged and we were encouraged as well um i i was a little bit worried about taking april into the jungle that's basically what it is um but after the first day there i began to be worried about getting her out because she loved <laughs> she it so it. much the you know the break from this the technology yeah. that we have in the states and things like that it was it was that was quite nice mm -hmm. and okay. being with people of like precious faith whose faith is simple and so precious after our last study um the people had become comfortable enough with us to ask questions and of course it was translated because i don't speak Khmer nor do I speak Jirai, which is the the local language of that tribe. So it would be translated, they would ask the question in Jirai, and then it would be translated to Kamai, and then it would be translated to English. Mm. So by the time I got the question, I was already reading the facial expressions on, yeah. on these folks, on our brothers and sisters, and it doesn't matter, in my experience, 
it doesn't matter where you're from. Facial expressions tell us a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. They tell us so much. Uh, one dear lady, I would guess, and this is just, just a guess, her age would be close to 70. She's been a Christian less than three years. Uh, she said, I can't read. How am I supposed to learn? And she said it with tears mm. come streaming down her cheeks. The hunger for God's word there. I mean, as, as I'm telling that, I get, uh, I'm get i getting goosebumps. And uh, a brother, again, a new Christian, he can read a little bit, but he can't afford a Bible. Mm. He can't afford, you know, the means to read. And he works literally from sun up to sundown, so there's very little time to read. And he asks basically the same question, how can I grow? I want to see my neighbor converted. I want to see, you know, my son, my daughter converted. Uh, how can I reach them? Again, the, the emotion mm -hmm. that was expressed in these people's faces was so moving. I, I'm almost a, I'm at a loss to describe what I felt at that point yeah. in time. I nearly lost it, and and I am quite in control of my emotions at most times. But I nearly lost it mm -hmm. when, when I received what they were saying. Yeah, uh, and and I saw the hunger and the desire there. So I say that the work in Cambodia is exciting. And while it has hurdles, because uh, false brethren are in the area and teaching false doctrine, uh, making false practices, I believe I have great confidence in the leadership of Wani and Chab, and I have great confidence in the hunger and the desire for the simple truths of God's word in the people there. Mm -hmm. So I believe that the work in Cambodia, while it's young, it's about 10 years old, is on the verge of becoming an example for, for our brotherhood. That's awesome. So you were there for three to four weeks, you know, and so obviously there is downtime, uh, I, would, I would expect. Um, did you do anything kind of fun? We did. I, that was unsupported. I want to stress that. Uh, objective of this particular trip and of taking April with me this particular time was to spend time with Wani and Sopiak. I, all these times, all these years of going to Cambodia, I've never been to Siem Reap. And Siem Reap is a major tourist attraction. Uh, it's where all the ancient temples are. And that's, you know, that's one of the draws to Siem Reap. And there's lots of things to do there. So I asked Wani if we could go, and because I don't know, you know, I feel good and I'm healthy right now, but I don't know what the future likes. I wanted to see this place before the time came when mm -hmm. I couldn't go. So we went and we spent a couple days there. While we were there, we were able to meet with uh, uh, the Cubs preaching school in that area, and 
Wani and Chob have been working with them, trying to develop a relationship with them. And I felt like we were able to enhance that relationship. Um, but we also had some downtime and spent some time with the kids, our, mm-hmm. our grandkids in Cambodia and, uh, and with Wani and Sophia, build our relationship, our bond a little bit more. It sounds like a lot of good things were going on over there. So it's pretty encouraging. Then, uh, while you were there, you traveled to Nepal, right? Um, which is not near there, is it? I mean, no. it's a good ways, good ways away. I should have looked up the kilometers or, or the distance. So, uh, but, but this you, is kind of impromptu. So I wasn't really. This was a flight that right. you took oh, yes. to get there. So you flew there. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the work in Nepal. Where did where did that work originate? How did that come to come to be? So in 2018 was the last time, the first time, and the time before this that I took my wife with me, uh, and I wanted to explore the ability of Facebook advertising in a foreign setting, and so I deliberately chose Nepal because it's a place that I've always wanted to go. And I thought if something develops there, I'll go and we'll see, you know, what kind of studies we might develop or, or what have you. I did get some leads. Uh, the original leads that I got didn't pan out, but some that were connected to that, those leads, as is often the case, I've been studying with these men, with these folks, um, since then, almost every week. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say that when we miss a study, it's my fault more, much more often <laughs> than their fault. And I'm embarrassed to say that, but it, that is the truth. Uh, Budiman uh, is a pastor of a denomination. I don't know what denomination it is. I think it's uh, associated with a Chinese or with a Korean church. And uh, his the, the other two men that are pastors that I've been studying with are also associated with him through that through that same organization. We've had studies where there have been times where there have been twenty five people hmm. studying with me. It's rather amazing. Yeah. So I suggested to him that in this trip, we include a few days in Nepal and have a seminar. I wanted to see what the possibilities really are. Now that I've developed a little bit of a friendship, a relationship with these people, what the possibilities really are for establishing the Lord's Church there. One lady who speaks English very well sat down with my wife, and I walked in on the conversation. Um... She was explaining to April how thankful she was for Bible teachers. Mm-hmm. She said, nobody in Nepal wants to be a teacher. Everybody in Nepal, I'm quoting her, wants to be a leader. They want to be an elder or the senior mm-hmm. pastor or whatever you might choose to, to call that, that individual. They want the, you know, the title yeah. of, of the leadership, the prestige. She said, we don't have anybody that will teach us mm-hmm. the Bible. And we need teachers. So they expressed great gratitude for simple Bible teaching. And, and day one, it was a two-day seminar, day one I brought four lessons on what the Bible is, on evidences and 
how to apply and interpret the scriptures and things like that. Day two, I brought four lessons on what the church is, uh, how to be the church, how many churches are there, uh, so forth. And they were well received. Um, I did not push for a call to action in this trip. I wanted to see how the truth would be received and hopefully uh, a call to action won't be it won't be necessary for me to push real hard sure. but that people will be open and receptive mm -hmm. to the truth they've asked me to come back every year and to increase the seminar to four days um i can't do four days at four lessons a day not not four consecutive days anyway um that the eight lessons was enough one particular lesson we talked about the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the difference between the covenants. And I could tell from their faces that this was new information, mm -hmm. even to those men who were pastors. And so that was right before lunch. I spent more time than the, my notes allowed, I went extemporaneous. And then after lunch, I knew that it wouldn't be long, you know, it's, they're human, just like we are. When their bellies are full. Their eyes get heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was warm. The uh, electricity had gone off, oh, no. <laughs> which is typical. That's you know, that's almost a daily occurrence. So, I knew that I didn't have a big window. I spent probably fifteen more minutes extemporaneously talking about the difference between the Old and the New Testament. And at the end of of that session, when we got everybody woke up again because then I went through uh, through the Old and New Testaments book by book, just give a short synopsis, which tended to put everybody to sleep. <laughs> uh, after, after that session, people came up to me and said that we've never heard these things before. Wow. We need to study this. And when I hear, I haven't heard this, I need to study this, I'm thinking, these are Bereans. Yeah. They're, exactly. They're thinking they want to see what the scriptures teach. And so I'm excited to go back yeah. um, at least one more time mm -hmm. and see what what's in store in Nepal. Yeah. And then you're studying with them weekly as well. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully that continues to go well. Yeah, that sounds great. It kind of answered my last question already okay. about what the future looked like for Nepal, but it sounds like there could be some real opportunities I there. Think there are. So that sounds great. Well, and I know this is not the extent, you know, pretty, pretty hard to fit three to four weeks of foreign travel into a, you know, 40 minute podcast episode, but uh, anything else that you want to mention? That was kind of all the questions I had for you. Um, not so much about the work. I'm excited to be involved in the work. I have some practical advice that it's taken me 10 years to learn. If you're traveling overseas, don't drink the water. Well, <laughs> that's, the one, that's what goes, I've heard. It kind of goes along with that. If you're traveling overseas, especially to a third world, a subtropical country, stay hydrated. For 10 years, I've gone and I've gotten sick there. And I'm thinking, I can't keep doing this. My body is, you know revolting <laughs> it's it's not taking this yeah. and something's got to change my wife is a nurse and she looked at me like i was dumb and said 
you're dehydrated. I said, how can I be? I've drank three bottles of water already today. And she said, no, you're dehydrated. And sure enough, I added some electrolytes to the water. And within mm -hmm. hours, I was feeling so much better. From that point forward, I was focused on staying hydrated. I didn't get sick this time. I, I had, you know, the initial shock, culture shock, mm -hmm. the, the initial shock to my system. And after that, it was over. It was smooth sailing after that. So stay hydrated. Awesome. Practical uh, advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, appreciate you uh, going over there and excited to continue to hear about your, your work there. And I know Cambodia seems to be self-sufficient. You know, they seem it really to be is. doing a good job and hoping things go well in Nepal. Um, it's amazing hearing stories from brethren involved in foreign work. It's like if you get a work started in one place, you know, everybody has networks. That's and, right. And, you know, once you get it started, hopefully it kind of takes off from there. So, well, we're so glad that you've tuned in with us today on this episode. Um, I know we've, we we didn't have necessarily a, a Bible topic to discuss today but like we were talking about beforehand you know there's there's practical application and in, in many things and i think that you know seeing these brethren have to uh sift through false doctrines and false teachings and you know the family dynamics and things like that to to seek after truth is it's encouraging to me and you know, I hope it's an encouraging to you as well. But our hope and our prayer here on the show, as I said, is to hopefully bring uh, important, relevant Bible topics to your attention and, and explore what the Bible says regarding those topics. If you're listening or with us here in the Waterloo, Cedar Falls, or surrounding areas, we'd love to have you visit with us. We meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. You'll find us there Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have free resources that we can send to you, Bible study courses by mail, and we're also happy to sit and uh, have a cup of Cambodian coffee <laughs> while supplies last right. and, and study the, the scriptures. You know, Bible's open and using that as our authority. Uh, so feel free to reach out to us on our website at cedarterracecoc.com. You can find our Facebook page or YouTube page with the handle at cedarterracecoc or the email address and phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. Uh, once again, don't forget about the gospel meeting next week, Wednesday through Sunday, uh, the 19th through the 23rd. That's right. Yeah, that's five days. <laughs> 19th through the 23rd, Wednesday through Friday, 7 p.m., Saturday at 4 p.m., Sunday at 10.30 a.m., 4 p.m. with Brother Kevin Presley from Dothan, Alabama. It's going to be a great time really encouraging so looking forward to that feel free to reach out to us if you have questions or, or anything like that once again i'm matt tyson uh Mike bolton. your brother michael bolton and uh thanks for thanks again for joining us on this episode and if the lord is willing we'll see you next time god Sounds bless like a plan